0: So I don't get ahead of myself. But. We love the passage in Luke chapter 2. If that is something you don't do regularly. It's a wonderful passage to read. On Christmas Eve or Christmas morn. Um, Luke gives us a lot of great information. About that night. Um, And uh, also Matthew we looked at. Matthew gives us information about. The birth of Jesus Christ. But I want us to remember something, and even the word Christmas itself. Christmas is based upon Christ, which is the Greek word that is the equivalent of the Hebrew word Messiah. Okay, and so one of the things we do is at Christmas time, uh, all the focus, all the things we talk about the early church especially when it was mostly jews they didn't celebrate christmas not the way we do okay we celebrate christmas and you know besides all the extra stuff even the birth of christ at christmas wasn't exactly celebrated the way that we celebrate it now okay we talk about all the wonderful things and we'll list those in a minute um but i want us to understand that we've kind of taken christmas and made it A lot more important the aspects of Christmas than they did. Okay, and John gives us a clear uh, illustration of this. So, the message about the coming of Jesus according to John, and we're just going to look at the very first. You look at the very first part of Matthew, it talks about Jesus' genealogy, talks about his birth and things. You talk at the beginning of Luke, talks about Okay, the whole story of Jesus being born. John doesn't. Okay, so let's just go through a couple pointers on here, all right? Um, They're more interested in the arrival of the Messiah. Is that the second slide? Ah, okay, details of Jesus' birth are recorded in Luke and Matthew. Remember, the early church did not celebrate. Keep going. They were more interested... Of the arrival of Messiah, fulfilling the prophecies and salvation that was accomplished by the death, ra- burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So much of what Christmas is now has become its own standalone, significant event. Okay, not so much back then. Okay, they were more interested in Jesus Messiah had come to fulfill. Okay, um, until started digging in. Who cares if there was a star? I mean, yes, it's filled for prophecy, but we decorate, we put a star here, we make sure we got angels and shepherds and sheep and donkeys and all kinds of stuff. Not so important to them. What was more important is that Messiah Christ came. Okay, now when we say the word Christmas, and here's a, a way to throw some people into a, a little bit of a different thought, and that is say, messiah Christmas has become so uh, cultural and so uh, commercialized that think about the fact that Messiah has come. That's what it represents. Okay, So John takes a different approach on this. So let's look at a couple of things here. Gospel of Mark and John don't mention it. They don't mention Bethlehem. They don't mention the inn. They don't mention the manger. They don't mention the heavenly host. They don't mention the star. They don't mention the wise men. Nothing in Mark or John now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. We talk about the Gospels describing the life of Christ. Well, only Matthew and Luke spend any time focusing on it. John and Mark don't have anything in it about Jesus' birth. So, if it's very, just as important to Mark and John to describe what Jesus, his arrival, why wouldn't they focus on all the details of his birth? See what I mean about the fact that sometimes Christmas is so blown out of proportion that two of the Gospels out of the four, 50% of them, don't have any information to say about Jesus' birth on Christmas morn. So I wanted to take a minute and just look at what John does have to say. So John, again, being the beloved disciple, being that one who has probably had the closest intimate relationship with jesus he was the one that jesus allowed to live into a ripe old age and right first second third john and right revelation and all the things that god uh he was the one that was given the privilege of taking care of jesus's mother after Je- they had a special relationship john the beloved disciple has zero to say about christmas morn now I, i'm just trying to set this as a gauge for us now I love Christmas okay my whole childhood we decorated everything else I've got a wreath in pieces on my table right now that I'm trying to make that reminded me of one my mother made okay and we've got Christmas tree up and uh, we have decorations enough for four Christmas trees if I wanted to put them up Uh, and we just I mean we just love Christmas love celebrating it because it's something that brings family together and it's a holiday that we celebrate regarding one another in the love that god gave us but it is made more of than some of the gospel writers made you get me so far when 50 percent of them have nothing to say about christmas morn then hmm, maybe we should look at what they do say so we're gonna look at john this morning john right off the bat gives us information when jesus got here what his coming was about And it has very little to do with a manger, or an inn, or a donkey, or a star, or three kings, or three gifts from kings. Keep going. So what did the Apostle John focus on? John 1.1, that's where we're going to be. If you want to look in your Bibles, we're going to look at the first 14 verses of John 1.1, and we're going to break it down. So John, the beloved disciple, this one who was so close to Jesus, decides right from the get-go, I'm going to describe Jesus... And he says nothing about Christmas in the manger and the baby. But he does have important stuff to say. Number one, Jesus is God. And again, I know we're probably preaching to the choir, but it's a good reminder. But also, you and I are living in a world where people don't necessarily believe this. Okay, And we're in a generation that's really strange. Okay, When I grew up and I was a little kid, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, we lived in a world where... They understood who Jesus was. They may not understood him as Savior and received him in that and asked for forgiveness from Jesus, but they had a kind of clarity of who Jesus was. Because that's our call. The there are people in our world today who have absolutely no idea who Jesus is. They vaguely know he's tied to Christmas time, but you can talk to people, and Christmas is all about Santa and reindeer. They can hear the word Jesus, but they have no clue. And when you hear some of the debates and things that go on in college campuses, nowadays one of the biggest things that they bring up is Jesus never said he was God. Okay, Which is, a, there, there is a big push in the Muslim world to uh, dispute Christianity versus what Muhammad said. And they try to tell you Jesus never said he was God. Jesus did say he was God. And many of his uh, followers also admitted he was God. Here's John, the one... Beloved disciple, probably the closest disciple in Jesus' life, starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now contrast that for a minute. Now, I want you to understand the importance from where John standard is. Matthew and Luke are, All right, there was a mom, and she was pregnant, she was virgin, they went to Bethlehem because of the tax, establishing his lineage and his birth john decides to go right for the truth of the matter jesus i'm going to introduce him to you he's god first and foremost that's what john tries to tell us right and the same was in the beginning with god keep going let's look at a few verses in god's word about this john 14 you want to know well that passage. what do you mean the word in the beginning was the word john helps us with that describing it again right and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us who is the word jesus okay there's no i want it to be understood because there are those who are out there who will not understand this but john's point right off the bat first verse he writes let me tell you who jesus was he was god the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, glory as the glory uh, of the begotten of the father full of grace and truth first john 5 7. There are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Make a note in your Bible if you want to, in the front of it somewhere, and somebody says, uh, how do you know Jesus is God? In the beginning was the Word. Okay, all three of them are one. Keep going. John 10. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, No man is able to pluck them out of my hand or out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. No question, Jesus said he is God. Okay, without a doubt, Jesus is God. At John's point, right from the beginning, here we are. Christmas, according to John, no manger, no silent night. John says, Let me introduce you to God himself, Jesus Christ. Okay, keep going. John 17 says that they may be one as we are one. This is John saying, if you are ever feeling a little down in the dumps, go read John chapter 17. Jesus is praying for his disciples and for all of us who will be saved after. And in the middle of this, he says, hey, God, I, I pray that they would have unity, that they're one. Look what it says, that they may all be as one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given unto them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Okay, God is saying, listen, just like you and I are one, God, we want them to be in unity together as well. Jesus knows. Okay, keep going. So, number one, Jesus is God. The next thing that John wants to introduce about Jesus is that he's a creator okay and again i could pardon let me get a chair i'm going to be here for a while okay i i love this uh i am a science nut and evolutionists want to talk about all their different stuff pretty clear all things were made by him how many things All, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. We established, John says, you want to know about my Jesus who came to earth? Number one, he's God. Number two, because he's God, he's creator. He was in the beginning, he created all things. Keep going. Revelation. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure were they created. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, Who created all things by Christ Jesus? Jesus is not just God, guys, he is creator. Now, again, I'm I'm trying to contrast this. Oh, when Jesus came, everybody focuses on the baby in the manger, not John. John, when Jesus came, he says, Let me uh, write you a book. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is Jesus is God. The second thing I'm going to tell you is Jesus is the creator. Keep going. Hebrews says, God, who in sundry times and divers men are spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Okay, Jesus was in the beginning with God. He is creator. He is God. Keep going. Colossians, for by him were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him that's my John's description of when Jesus was coming to earth keep going Jesus is life so he's God his creator he's life verse 4 in him was life and life was the light of men John six thirty three says I am the bread of life he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world now most of us here understand this not only did he give us physical life but he gives us eternal life and there's the key love this matthew and, and luke say i've got to give you some history about jesus because we need to qualify him as the messiah throughout his genealogy and how he's born to fill prophecies john says i'm not so interested in that let me tell you who Jesus is. He's God, he's creator, he's life. Okay, keep going. John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Colossians chapter three, verse four. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah, Jesus is god i'm trying to get this in your mind so you can leave today and keep rehearsing it he's god he's creator he's life keep going john 1 john 5 11 through 13 and this is the record that god has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he that hath the son hath life he that hath not the son hath not life keep going these things have i written to you you want to know why john wrote what he wrote John says why he wrote what he wrote. These things have I written unto you. Uh Aha. The Apostle John's given us a description why he wrote what he wrote. Why? That ye believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe in the name of the Son of God. John 14, 6, very famous verse. We know this one. We use it at funerals all the time. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, okay. This is John. He he's writing all this stuff not to talk about a star or three kings or a manger. He's writing it that you would believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. That's the purpose of John's writing. Okay, keep going. Not only is he life, he's also light. Okay? Not only does he offer us eternal life and creator in creating life, but he also gives us light. John 8, 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall live in the light of life. John uh, John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Keep going. Luke 2, great passage if you're going to read it this Christmas. This is Simeon remember old man simeon waiting in the temple and god told him that he wouldn't die until his eyes had seen messiah the old man's been waiting around the temple all these years and he finally sees mary and joseph come in and he gets a chance to hold the baby and this is what he says for mine eyes have seen salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the gentiles and a glory of thy people israel and joseph And his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. He is the light of the world. He was the promised one that came. Keep going. John 1, 9 through 11. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. John's focus about Jesus coming, nothing to do with our regular Christmas idea. He says, he's God, he's creator, he's life, he's light. Keep going. And then he says, Jesus is Savior. And this is one of my favorite verses in all the scripture. This is such a powerful verse, doctrinally. And we could spend all morning looking at the truth behind this verse. But I want to just see it together. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John says you know what no room in the inn having to share a birthplace with some cows and stuff I'm not really interested in that you want to know what I'm interested in as many as receive him to them gave he power to become the sons of God what a joy that is Uh, listen and those who receive Jesus as Savior become sons of god now we've talked about this before i'm not going to linger on this but there's this unfortunate thinking in this world that says we're all god's children that is false okay we are all god's creation and he loves every one of us but to become a son of god what's the qualifier what does it say i'm not going to tell you you tell me How do you get into the qualified, become a son of God? As many as receive him. And this is the key, folks. There are churches packed this morning, especially on Christmas Eve morn, with people who claim to be sons and daughters of God. And you are not, you are not, you are... Not, unless you've received him, unless you've believed on his name. This isn't Craig saying that, right? I can hide behind a pulpit for a minute, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He says, John says, listen, let me tell you about the Jesus and my idea of why he came. Okay, he came God, creator, life light and savior keep going the power that raised jesus christ from the dead is now available to those that receive him to them gave he power Well, what kind of power you and i got well i haven't told anybody this is a secret i'm batman no um okay i can't fly i can't i'm I'm not superman I'm still a human being. You know the power that he bestows upon me? The power of eternal life. Resurrection. Hallelujah for that. Okay? And again, there's a lot of things that we, benefits we get, but I'm still a broken human being. I still got a bad elbow and a sore back and, and glass, trifocals now. because I I'm telling you. I'm not given power as some superhuman. I'm given the promise of the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Look here, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That same power. Keep going. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. He has given me power of eternal life. Hallelujah for that. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise, us, uh, raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Hallelujah. As many as receive him, to them gave he power to be, become the sons of God. We are blessed when we receive and trust in the name of Jesus. Keep going. Ephesians chapter 1, 19 through uh, through 20. Paul's in this prayer about helping us understand the benefits we have in Christ. And he says, And what is exceeding greatness of his power to usward, right? The greatness of his power directed at us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Didn't put the rest of the verses up there, but go read Ephesians chapter one, the end of it there if you want to. And it talks about that you and I sit in heavenly places right now. There's old dull cow eyes that are attached to this flesh. We can't see it, but we are automatically already in heaven. That power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now... Activated and alive in you and me. No need to fear death anymore because we have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? John says, He's God, he's creator, he's life, he's light, and he is savior. Amen. Keep going. So, there it is. I'm almost done. This is a world record. All right, turn in your I got another sermon tucked away in my Bible. Sermon number two, this one So my question is, Christmas time, whether you're sitting here, whether you're listening to the recording, is this your idea of Jesus who came to earth? Or is he just a little baby in the manger? Is this your idea of Jesus come to earth and he's the reason for the season and he went to the cross and died and resurrected Two great holidays that people tend to flock to church and think about God. But John takes this from a different point of view. He says, you know what? I'm not going to talk anything about Jesus as a baby. I want to talk about Jesus for who he truly was. Keep going. Romans 10, 9. Guys, we know this verse. Talked about it last week when we talked about the Romans road. If you confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus Christ... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Want an interesting uh, study again? Just go read Mark chapter 1. And see what Mark has to say. Doesn't mention anything about all we talk about for Christmas. All the details. All the wonderful things we sing about. Both John and Mark decided I'm going to focus on something else. You know how Mark starts with? He's creator. And he goes right into going, Jesus being ready for his public ministry. So again, not trying to belittle Christmas, but I'm trying to remind us that the focus of Christmas Yeah, it's about Jesus entering this world as a baby to fulfill all those prophecies that he had to and that he lived that perfect sinless life so that he could be the proper sacrifice for us. But it's because he is God. It's because he is Savior. That's who John decides to present Jesus as. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, Christmas Eve day this morning and Uh, lord we have the privilege of being in a world that at least might turn their mind toward christmas thoughts and i'm not even saying what that is lord there's some people who christmas has very little to do with jesus father i pray that uh, when we're out there this holiday season all from thanksgiving all the way through lord that we can remember that people might just start pondering who jesus is and father for us i thank the lord he's not a baby in a manger father he's no longer there that was a step to get where he needed to go father i thank you that he's not hanging on the cross like we see often my savior is no longer on the cross father my savior is back in heaven with you where he began and where he is today god creator life light and savior That's who our Jesus is. So, Father, thank you. Help us to take comfort in that. Help us to glory in that. And help us to share that with the rest of the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Amen. Yes. Love you.